have been onboarding so many writers and producers. I think my first producer, we ended up finding him like $80,000 um, that we discovered was unclaimed. Um, and so, of course, I started working with him and then we just started onboarding more clients. Well, it got to the point to where now I have clients with massive catalogs. And so with those catalogs, you have to have a team that is managing them, organizing them before you even get to the registration and collection side. Yo, what's good? This is Clint, your host on the Music Is My Business podcast, the podcast where you can gain insight and learn proven strategies to build and monetize your music career. If you want your questions answered live, join me on YouTube at Clint Music on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern time, and let's chop it up. Now let's dig into this week's episode. Um, I know they be drilling me with the with the publishing questions, so I was, was like, "Yo, I got I gotta have you on so you can clarify some things and um, you know help the people out." But um, so for those who don't know, this is Tammy Luttrell. Tammy Luttrell is a multi platinum Grammy nominated songwriter. She's written for artists such as Whitney Houston, Monica, Keisha Cole, SWV. She's a CEO of the Mezzo Agency here in Atlanta, which is a publishing administration company. And recently, she's also the governor of the Atlanta chapter of the Recording Academy. Um, so congrats again on that. And uh, thank, thank you, you for, for coming through. I know you're, you're busy, so I appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us and, and answer some questions. Um, so, yeah. So I guess tell us how, how's, your, how's your week going? How's, how's everything going? Oh, uh, man. Um, I had a really good week. Um, last week, I went to Vegas for my birthday. So... Nice. If y'all want to see all the photos, photos from that, they're on my uh, Instagram and my story, my highlights. But yeah, um, I celebrated my 39th birthday. I'm so excited about getting older and more mature and more wiser. Indeed. And so um, I was out in Vegas. I had never been to Vegas before. So everywhere else I've traveled, but I was just like, dang, it's really hot out here. Like (laughs) (laughs) different kind of heat. Definitely like opening your oven hot so i just i had to adjust to that but overall i dressed for it and uh we had a really good time we saw usher and um in his whole residency was it was really good to see him really good to see him back you can tell he's like he's back and probably is not going nowhere for a while so yo my uh my guy ollie he i think it might have been the same joint he went he went out to to vegas to see usher um and he was excited. He said the the joint was dope. Like even though he didn't have his live band, he said it was super dope. And and yeah. made mention of just how massive Usher's catalog is. Like yeah, I mean it was back to back. I was yeah. just like, man, I for- I had actually forgot about a few records. I was just like, oh my god, I remember this record. So yeah. it was just really good to see him. You know, we know that he had you know been in the media for a while and just been having some things you know occurring in life as as. You know, we all do, but the difference is his life is under a microscope. So, you know, I'm I'm actually glad that he took the time off, you know, to just focus on family and, you know, he looked definitely fresh and revived, like he's ready to go on a whole nother tour and put out an album something. So we're looking yeah. forward to it. Indeed. I'm definitely looking forward to another album from him. I know like they he put out the one that, that he did with um uh man, what's the what's the producer name? Um man i'm like i'm looking at him in my mind i can't even think of his name um, What's it was like it was like on some some trap stuff like just some trap r&b oh, yes um with zaytoven yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, yep. the whole ep tribute to atlanta yeah yeah yep. yeah definitely had atlanta vibes on that joint um so yeah um i'm looking forward to it so so i guess i guess tell me a little bit like because i know i came across you years ago on youtube because you know as any creative just searching for information on this whole publishing game and i came across your youtube channel and it was just gym after gym after gym and you i think the thing i liked about your channel is that you made it clear and easy to understand so i guess what triggered this whole this whole passion as far as music publishing? Obviously, you're a creative as well, so you kind of understand from that perspective. But um, like, you're really doing things to um, you know to really help out, especially indie songwriters and producers and things like that. So, what kind of got you started um, down this path of you know publishing admin and stuff like that? 
Well, you know, unfortunately, it's just not enough people that are talking about it. You know, you have so many songwriters and producers who are actively working and, you know, trying to get placements or they're creating, you know, on a day to day, they're building relationships and, you know, with the hopes that, man, one day I may just get a placement. Um, but unfortunately, there is not enough people that are talking about how important it is to have your business taken care of so that when you do get a placement, you're not scrambling all over the place or, you know, could possibly miss out on, you know, revenue that would be owed to you if the you know, song releases and becomes a success. Yeah. And so my passion, um, it really ignited young for me. I was uh, 17 years old, signed with the, a pub, I mean, signed with the uh, indie label as an artist. And I, you know, wrote all of my songs in Houston. And, um, you know, I started seeing that things were not going as though I thought they should. And I just saw that the label and I weren't seeing eye to eye on a few things. And so I left the label and uh, I took my full scholarship to go to college. Um, and I also, you know, just moved on. I was like, I'm not gonna quit, but it's just not gonna be with them, you know? And so, um, it was, you know, literally my freshman year in college and my mom calls me and tells me that Whitney Houston is on the radio singing one of my songs. And so I was like, huh, what do you mean? I was just completely baffled and um, come to find out the indie label after I left, they sold my song to Whitney in Arista. Um, she heard the song, she loved it. And, you know, it related to everything that she was going through at the time. And so they, you know, they sold the song to her and she had no clue of who I was and neither did the label, wow. um, the Arista. And so um, once it came back down to me, it was kind of like, is this real? You know, once I started listening to it, I'm like, no, this is my song word for word, like including the production. So, of course, I reached out to the producer. He had kind of got, got ghosts on me. Um, and then I had to just kind of do some other investigation. And then I finally sat with the CEO and was like, look, we got a problem. I was like, y'all just released this song, but I own the original copyright. Yeah. So what they didn't know is during the time that I was leaving the label, I had already sent my songs in and registered them to be copyrighted so that I, well, it was already copyrighted, but I just registered the copyright mm -hmm. so that if anything were to happen, um, not assuming that anything would, but if anything did happen, I would at least have proof that I was the owner of the project. And that was by far the best decision that I could have made at, you know, 17, 18 years old. Right. Um, that me doing that alone afforded me so many other opportunities. For one, I was able to negotiate my publishing share on that song. So Arisa didn't want any disputes. They didn't want any conflicts because usually when that happens, no one gets paid, right? right. Because this is a very controversial album, they didn't want to hold that up. So, you know, I told them, I was like, look, let's work this out. You know, let's all get an even, uh, you know, split of it. And, and, you know, we walked away with the percentages that, you know, I felt were fair. And I still get paid off of those royalties to this day. Um, I've been able to leverage those royalties. Um, that also helped me get my publishing deal with EMI Music Publishing, which is now Sony Music Publishing. Um, so I got signed with them when I was 19, I believe, 18 or 19. Okay. And um, that kind of catapulted my career as an established major songwriter at that age. Wow. And so now I'm in college, I'm traveling back and forth to the studios, I'm going to LA, Miami, New York, building relationships with some of the biggest producers and songwriters in the business now because we're all affiliated with this huge publishing company. Right. And, you know, it really was like eye opening that you saw how quick that could have that happened. Imagine all of these songwriters and producers out here not protecting their work and getting caught up in a situation like that where it's being released without their permission or without them even knowing, you know? Right. So that was, I didn't know that, but that was like the beginning of my platform. And so I started doing videos on my YouTube channel back in 2012 and just talking about the business and 
under helping people understand split sheets and royalties, the different types of royalties, the different type of publishing deals and so forth. Um, and I was really just doing it because I got tired of having consultations and talking conversations about it. So yeah. I was like, look, go watch my YouTube channel. It'll tell you everything. Um, and I never looked at it as like a service where, you know, uh-uh, I'm not giving you the game. It was like, no, I'll, I'll teach the game. You need to know this if you're out there, you know, trying to have a career and get established as a, as a creative. So that definitely was a part of my platform. Um, then in about 2018, um, I had left corporate America a year prior. I didn't want to, you know, I was working in radios and I enjoyed it, but I just knew that I wanted to get back into music full time, working directly with songwriters and producers. So I started discovering that there were so many writers and producers that had unclaimed money that was out there that they just didn't know about. And so, um, you know, I started partnering at first. I started with Song Trust. Um, I became a brand ambassador with them and they were like, look, you have so many clients. Why don't you just publish them and we would be your third party publisher. And so um, that seemed like a good situation at first. It was, you know, really um, easy to navigate their tools. And of course, I have been onboarding so many writers and producers. I think my first producer, we ended up finding him like $80,000 um, that we discovered was unclaimed. Um, and so, of course, I started working with him and then we just started onboarding more clients. Well, it got to the point to where now I have clients with massive catalogs. And so with those catalogs, you have to have a team that is managing them, organizing them before you even get to the registration and collection side. And so that's when I realized that there were way more services that my company was providing to songwriters and producers that I feel were very advantageous. And instead of us just focusing on publishing administration, we started really handling music administration because some artists are also songwriters. And so they need help on the master recording side for their catalog. And they also need help on the publishing side for that catalog. And the metadata is definitely different on both sides, um, but it's very essential and important um, for every writer and producer who also is working as an indie artist slash label, you know, to have. And so I just didn't want to discriminate and be like, oh, I don't deal with nobody on the label side. No, we deal with both sides for independence, whether you're an, a label and an artist or whether you're just a label or whether you are a songwriter um, who also is putting your stuff out, you know, as an indie label and as an artist as well. So we're able to now process copyrights, register their publishing, organize their catalogs, set up their sound exchange accounts for them, handle their disputes in sound exchange, because a lot of people don't know how to do that. Um, we also, um, if they're prepping for radio and, you know, they want to start putting a lot of marketing and promo in their songs on a master recording side, we can help them with making sure that they own all their ISRCs, that their ISRCs are embedded on all of their songs you know on all their tracks um and then of course making sure they're registered with the riaa making sure that they're also taken care of you know on you know being able to distribute out royalties the proper way to the on the label side because that's a totally different formula compared to publishing so we've just really like we we dove in i started onboarding my team i've had some people that's been with him been with me since day one and then um, I have a, a new a group of newcomers that I have trained and taught the business of music administration. And so we have about eight people on staff now that are literally working every day tirelessly to help songwriters and producers from organizing their catalogs and so forth. And then we ended our partnership with um, SongTrust. So we're collecting directly now for all of our writers and producers. That's dope. That's dope. Like it's so much involved in just the admin side of things. Um, I know I know one question I get a lot is just like for for indie um, producer or songwriter or artist or whatever starting out like what what do they need to sign up with to cover all of the bases I guess as far as royalties publishing YouTube Pandora radio like what is it like you know is it a clear cut answer to like sign up here, here, here and there and then, you know, collect everything? Like, what's your what's your perspective on that? Well, 
you know, you you can say it's a clear cut answer. The the issue is that follow through. Not a lot of songwriters and producers want to even have the. They don't even want to do all the business that it takes with signing up and registering. But yes, you definitely need to be affiliated with the PRO um, as a writer as well as a publisher. Um, if you don't have a publishing account, our company can help you with getting it established. We also can help you set up your LLC because you need to have an LLC in order to have your publishing company. Um, and, you know, we also, um, w- once you've affiliated with the PRO like BMI or, you know, ASCAP, whoever it is that you decide to go with, you still need to sign up. You need to have a sound exchange account, especially if you're putting things out independently as a record label owner or a performer on the record label that you're with. Um, usually with um, Sound Exchange, you know, we set up both a lot for our clients because majority of them are independent, but we also handle their repertoire. So the repertoire is not the same as a publishing catalog. The splits are a, a bit different mm-hmm. um, and how it's actually registered in their portal is also different. And then even when you have disputes and issues that need to be addressed, it's also very different compared to if we're handling something in the ASCAP or BMI's portal. Um, but yeah, so making sure that you're signed up with the PRO, making sure that you're signed up with Sound Exchange, And then there are a lot of other royalty sources that are paying out money like you got peloton you know they're streaming music on their app as people are working out mm-hmm. all of that money goes up to another company that usually pays out a publishing administrator and so that is what's important for songwriters and producers is to be affiliated with an admin because the admin can collect for you in in ways that you wouldn't otherwise be able to and then of course we have streaming royalties from all of your streaming platforms like Apple, uh, Tidal, Spotify, Amazon, Deezer, the list goes on and on. It's like so many of them popping up now, (laughs) but they actually pay the MLC. The MLC is the new mechanical license collective and they are, they partnered with Harry Fox. And so they utilize um, the services of Harry, the Harry Fox agency, um, which is great because when we're logging in and uploading all of our songs, we literally can do it all in one space and Harry Fox can, you know, see the registrations as well in the system. But we work with the MLC. We're partners with them for our writers to make sure that those songs are also uploaded um, so that they know the split share percentages. That way, when they send in all of the information based on the data that we've entered, those royalties come in and then from there we distribute out to our writers and producers. And as we know, streaming is majority of where the revenue is coming from on, on royalties. So it's very important um, to have, you know, an, an admin that's going to help collect and register for you um, if you're not able to. And a lot of songwriters and producers may say, oh, I can handle it and do it all by myself. But you know, quite naturally, I wouldn't be in business if everybody could do everything by themselves. Yeah. So, and we've been in business now for two and a half years. Our anniversary is on December 18th this year. We're going into our third year. Congrats. So, um, you know, things have really been moving and progressing because, you know, we know this business. We know the administration side of it really well. And we just want to make sure that writers have, you know, the access that's needed. Um, and then um, also, you know, a lot of songwriters and producers don't even have simple things like split sheets. And so therefore they're not organizing the songs, you know, as they're recording them um, and as they're getting them, you know, created, final, finalized, finished, mixed, mastered, whatever. And so when you're getting to a place where you have already affiliated and now you need to register your songs, now you got to chase down whoever the producer was, whoever the songwriter was, because you don't have a split sheet. And so we offer split sheets. We can actually email them. They're completely free um, that you could use just to kind of keep a hold of your songs if you need a document or if you're sending out an email and you just want to get everybody on an email thread just to confirm the splits. There needs to be some type of documentation that you need as a creative to make sure that, you know, everyone's ownership is accounted for and that you all agree, you know, whether the song was done last year, whether it was done yesterday, you definitely need documentation on, you know, what everyone agreed to as far as the split, uh, the split shares go. Um, And so, you know, that's just a checklist that you need to have. You know, you need to be affiliated with a PRO. You need an LLC. You need a, a publishing company with your PRO. You need a sound exchange account. 
and you definitely need to have split sheets on deck or have some form of communication where everyone splits are accounted for. Um, and then, you know, obviously everything else after that is registration and collection. And then after collection comes in, which takes about nine to 12 months because of the pandemic, we're very, very behind. Then after those royalties start coming in, then we distribute and we distribute out every quarter. Okay. Wow. That's what's up. Um, I know we had a, a couple questions come in uh, from my guy, Big Shot. What's up, Big Shot? Uh, the question is, what cut is expected to give out to an admin? Um, you know, we only charge 15%. That's pretty standard. Um, you have some bigger clients like your Missy Elliott's and, you know, all of the bigger um, artists that have been out for years and have written a lot of their songs and have hits. They're probably not paying no more than like five to 10% to their admin. But you're talking about someone who's had massive success to where their licenses are just coming in just based off of how dope they are and how accomplished they are. So they're able to negotiate um, what that percentage would be. But yeah, we charge a standard 15% um, and we handle a lot of the royalty registration, uh, setup for our clients, any licenses that come in, we negotiate on their behalf to make sure that they get the best fair share. Um, and, you know, their licensing fees are paid up front if, you know, there's a budget for it. Um, and, you know, we just, we're, we're like an extension. We're just kind of like your admin team that handles all your business while you focus on being creative. Exactly. So yeah, we're at 15%. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's crucial because with, with everything that goes in the admin, like literally like that joint alone is a full-time job. Right. So if you're a creative, like you need to be focusing on making as much music as possible and getting it out there and, you know, uh -huh. let somebody else handle mm -hmm. all the, the, technical stuff or not technical stuff but you know that the admin stuff um, right randy said so registering the copyright is crucial so i guess is it like absolutely this is siri trying to talk to us trying to get <laughs> on, the, on the podcast um so so i guess he's asking like do you, like is it absolutely siri like i'm not talking to you so <laughs> so is it absolutely necessary for them to register the copyright with copyright.gov um As a even though oh go ahead i'm sorry go ahead no no i was just saying um even though you know once you create it you own it but i guess to solidify that proof you know should they go ahead just to be safe and register with, with copyright.gov i think anything that you release commercially that is actually being shopped um, for any film and TV opportunities, or if you have not released it because maybe you're a songwriter or a producer and you're shopping material to get placement opportunities with the record label, you're sending it out to A&Rs, you're sending it out to, you know, um, managers who are over the projects that you're trying to get on, you know, maybe they manage the artists that you're trying to get placed with. I absolutely think that you should copyright the songs. Um, and I'm not an attorney. This is a creative first talking to you because of what I had gone through. I had no idea that it would end up in the hands of Whitney Houston, you know? So that's just one big example, yeah. you know? And I just know so many times that has happened that the writer didn't have their copyright and they weren't able to, you know, get anything from it because of that. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, I do think it's important. I think it's crucial um, that if you are a writer or producer and you're shopping your tracks and you're sending it out to all of these people, whether you own it or not, because it is your copyright, but is it registered? Are you able to then sue for the maximum damages that would be owed to you should this song blow up and really do well after it's been infringed on? You know, you don't have that option with without a registration. You just don't. Wow. Yeah, I know. Anytime I'm working on on some stuff, pitch, especially pitching for for major artists and stuff like that, because it goes through so many hands, like a producer, then an A and R, and then their team, and then managers. Like it was that was like a, a first step before you know starting to shop it, um, because you never know. You know what I mean? Like, and you have a prime situation where you know you left. A, a particular situation and then after that they decided to to pitch it and it ended up with Whitney and um yeah uh, especially at that age I know when I was 
I was 18. I, yeah, I, I probably didn't even fully understand the concept of copyright. You know what I mean? So Yeah. I mean, I didn't either. I just knew it needed to be done. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, I'm definitely not coming from a place like I just had it all together. I didn't have it figured out, but I knew for sure that the Library of Congress was something that most musicians had to be affiliated with or a part of to understand how to protect their work. And, yeah. you know, just by nature, my parents, um, you know, were on me and, you know, they're both entrepreneurial backgrounds. My grandparents, they own real estate agencies and, um, and, and, and insurance companies. So when it came out of paperwork. <laughs> you had it down. And how things, you know, yeah, they they definitely had that in a bag. And so that's just kind of like what I've been around all my life. So yeah. um, it was something that was absolutely necessary to protect myself. And so I would recommend that anyone who is actively out here shopping your material. Look, you got, let me tell you, it's so crazy out here. You have even music supervisors who are taking ideas from some artists and creatives and getting their own in-house producers and songwriters to reproduce an idea that sounds similar so that they can keep everything in-house and not have to pay someone on the outside. Wow. You know, yeah. um, that cuts you out, but they've also infringed upon your work because if you can literally tell that this sounds like what I sent y'all, yeah. you said I'm saying, then you have a case, but you don't have a case. You don't have nothing to, to, to fight about if, if it's not registered and you just been floating, sending it around and it's just floating God knows where. And the same with labels and ARs. I'm sorry. There are some really great, um, record labels um and how they do business as far as like you know coming they're, they're coming to the reality that you know what we haven't done right by a lot of musicians a lot of creatives a lot of artists let's do better but you still have some of those grimy ARs, those grimy labels that are just take 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 and so they're getting all these submissions and you know they're you know trying to find the next big talent, but a lot of them will take ideas from stuff that they've been sent and stuff that's been shot to them and then have their artists that's already popping that they don't really have to do any work for because the artist is already big and pitch those ideas to them. Yep. And so these type of things happen all the time. So yes, that's why it's crucial because you need to be able to protect yourself, especially on the come up because the come up is where majority of us get taken advantage of. Yeah, that's a fact, um, man. Cause it's uh, yeah, man. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of vultures out there, man. And they, you know, they don't have the talent, so they find they try and find, they feed off of you know, the up and coming creatives who are hungry and just you know want an opportunity and don't really fully understand everything business wise and is that you become a target you know what i mean so yeah that's uh that's why we're on here now man just sharing these gems so so you guys aren't easy targets pretty much you know you walk <laughs> exactly. into a situation where you you know your business so um i seen another question from um also shout out to troy hayes i seen troy uh troy! that's my guy um, with the mezzo, he is incredibly talented. Like crazy. we are working, shopping his material right now. He is, he's just. I'm telling you, he's about to take over this year. This is gonna yeah. be a big, 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 big year for him. Nah, he's dope, man. We just finished up a a, a Christmas song that we did. It was me, uh, my guy B Vaughn, and then he uh, he wrote the lyrics and, and sung it. Uh, awesome, super, super dope. Big Shot Beat said, do you help put music on TV and TV and film too? Is that something you guys do or just So we um, do not guarantee placement. Um, what we do is we have a catalog and we also have a software where we upload to um, a, that. It's like a marketplace where all music supervisors and production studios are a part of that marketplace. And because we're a publishing company and through the relationships that we have, we have access to those resources. And so they're able to come to our page and check out our catalog based on the writers that have uploaded and submitted. That does not guarantee that we will get you a placement. Um, we do have relationships directly with some labels as well as some uh, uh, A&Rs and managers 
to where from time to time when opportunities come, they'll call us and say, hey, this is what we're looking for. But our business model is absolutely not set upon we're shopping your music and getting you licensed TV, you know, uh, licenses for sync and TV. It's just not a part of what we can guarantee. Um, for one, because our focus is mainly business, music business administration. And um, when those opportunities come, like for the writers that we that are on our roster that we manage catalog for those licenses, those license requests that come in for them, we absolutely will take over from there. But a lot of our attention is solely on setup and making sure that your uh, your royalties are c- coming in correctly and that everything is registered properly. Yeah nice that's what's up um shout out to the to new people coming in man we're live with tammy latrell talking about music publishing answering all those super complicated questions that everybody's just confused about all the time so she's here to <laughs> clarify them and make it make sense for us um so if you have any questions be sure to drop them in the chat smash the like button if you guys are digging this info um I, I see we got a lot of people already just loving the, the knowledge you're dropping so again i appreciate you coming indeed um big shot said thank you uh zamira music what's up welcome to the the stream Hello, zamira um, graham who said siri trying to add her to yeah siri siri was trying to chime in i don't know what you're talking about um so yeah so <laughs> um man this is this is a lot of good info like literally i'll be like going back to this joint and like watching it and replaying it just to soak in everything um so the the mlc like i've been curious about that so like what exactly is that for people who don't fully understand like what the mlc is what what they're doing what they're collecting and why like can you can you explain that yes so let's go back to 20 let's go back to like when do you think the emergence of streaming happened about 2009 yeah like uh 2008 maybe probably around that time because i know i remember i think i want to say it was like after that whole lime wire stuff yes yes so within that time frame of the shared the digital shared files and napster and all that stuff was like a really big deal they had a huge lawsuit and the company got shut down for like sharing files there became an emergence of streaming platforms that started to come from overseas and they started making their way over into the united states territory and what they started doing was negotiating deals with the labels directly for the catalogs to be able to add those catalogs to their streaming apps so that you and I can go straight to the app, download it and listen and stream any song that is included. So um, that was a deal that was done with the record labels and the record labels had a huge licensing fee that these streaming companies paid to house these royalties. But no one thought about the songwriters and producers. And so with that being said, these catalogs were being played, streamed millions of times as we're all discovering music and there was no regulation on paying out songwriters and producers because the United States, unfortunately, we just weren't ready for it. It it hit us and there were no laws in Congress that were protecting writers and producers. So about 2013, we decided to partner the, the the recording academy which i'm a member of i'm actually now the governor of the recording academy atlanta chapter but um back in the day i was working as a district advocate as a member um and we started rallying for change in our legislation to make sure that songwriters and producers are getting paid off of these royalties that the streaming companies um, are actually generating every time there's a stream mm-hmm. and so we fought for years uh, meeting with congress members local and national and finally at the end of 2018 kanye west got with donald trump and had him sign the music modernization act which is the the law yeah shout out to kanye yeah um you know and so I'm pretty sure Trump didn't know what he was signing, probably really didn't care. He just wanted to be affiliated with uh with Kanye. Right. And that's fine. 
you know, Kanye used his platform. Shout out to Ye. Okay, we appreciate you right. because he was able to sign that um, law. And what that meant is that now the streaming companies are, they have to account for all royalties, both on the master recording side and the publishing side. And they have to send those royalties to one centralized place. And so that's where the mechanical licensing collective comes in. It's a hub where all the streaming companies send in royalties that are coming in on the publisher side to make sure that those royalties are then distributed out to the rightful owners, which are the composers, the songwriters and the producers and the publishing companies that publish them. And so um, we are registered with the uh, MLC as a publisher and we have started ingesting and putting in all of our catalog now that we're no longer with our third parties. And, you know, we're just waiting on royalties to come in. Yeah. So can so can like artists and producers or songwriters and producers register with MLC directly or do they have to go through a publisher? They can, they can be self-published. However, if you don't understand the process and the language of how those actual songs have to be registered and inputted, mm -hmm. you know, you can always take a FAQ or, you know, schedule some time to talk with someone. But um, depending on the size of your catalog and what all needs to be done, um, you know, it also can can be a bit of a, a daunting, you know, task. And so most companies, most writers just decide to do it with the admin publisher since we literally manage their entire catalog. Yeah. Yeah. Joshua. Said but you know, to each his own. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't know Kanye did that. Yeah, man. Like I know Kanye, Kanye has his weird moments. Right. And, and you know, the media, they, they blow certain things up, but you know, I, he's smart at the end of the day and like you said he leveraged his his platform um you know on behalf of, of all the producers and writers out there to, to do something that that can benefit us you know and i know a lot of people may not like the fact that you know he was so close to trump or whatever but you know he, he had was, a purpose he had yeah it, it was yeah it was, he had uh, a purpose and i, and I honestly like, feel like you know when you are that successful, a lot of times, a lot of people are not going to agree with what you do. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, overall, if he did anything, you know, else, if, or if he didn't do anything, <laughs> like, we definitely appreciate him for that because the, the Music Modernization Act, it provides so many different benefits to us as writers mm -hmm. and producers. Um, for one, the royalty rate is supposed to increase over 44% over the next four years, which yeah. is great. That means that the streaming companies have to pay out more um, because we know that those percentages are very low. I'm talking about some companies are paying like 0.0037 cents a stream. Right. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And so, you know, you can't really build a, a sustain a career um, if you're just sitting around waiting on you know, hundreds of pennies to, to, to come in based off of how many streams. And we, we know at the end of the day, like you really have to have marketing to push the songs in order to really see a, a benefit. So not everybody has a major placement. You have some people who are indie artists who are cultivating their, their fan base, cultivating their brand, and they deserve the same amount of streams, <laughs> you know, right. but you know, depending on marketing, will also determine how much money and revenue you'll see on the other side. So, you know, we always say just as your admin, we'll at least make sure that your business is taken care of. That way you can focus solely on marketing as an indie label or as an artist, if that is what you're doing. Um, because at the end of the day, you're going to need a budget to put behind that so that you can actually see royalties coming in. You know, it's not just, oh, it's a great song. It's a whole bunch of great songs on um, streaming platforms right now. A whole bunch of great songs by very talented people. But the streams are very low because there's not any attention going into actually marketing and promoting the song. Yeah, it's just like anything, anything in business, any business like you can have the dopest product, service, whatever, throw, put up a website it's there. But nobody will ever know about it until you learn how to drive traffic to it. It's the same with absolutely, you know, absolutely. Um, but yeah, they definitely need to catch up with those streaming royalties. I know even on the like the TV film side. Um, like the Netflix and Hulu's and stuff like the royalties we see from that it's ridiculous like and we're you know we're waiting for that pretty much for the outdated 
music industry to catch up to today pretty much yes um, with because it is definitely outdated and you know that's why i'm advocating you know our core principles here at the mezzo is to educate to advocate and to support the music creator and so you know we educate them through the consultations i literally just had one before i hopped on with you there was a client that came in you know they had he had some issues with the song getting placed and he wasn't aware of it mm-hmm. uh the song was not copy reading um, in addition to that, he, you know, doesn't have a sign exchange account, had no clue of what it was and what it does, what what, what uh, sign exchange collects. So, you know, I was in the conference room with him. I actually took out my dry erase board and I went to town just Broke giving him a whole visual of, you know, what all this looks like and how it works. And mm-hmm. so we educate first after we educate. And we advocate. So if there's anything that we need to step in, if I need to pull in some of my legal team, you know, some of the entertainment lawyers that I have uh, relationships with to help, you know, um, advocate for you for your rights. That's what we will do. We will make sure that all of that is taken care of for you and get the ball rolling on that. Um, And then supporting you. How do we support you? By making sure that you know you have a reliable company that works on your behalf as a music creative, creative to make sure that your songs are registered properly, and that you know all your business is taken care of you have your publishing company set up and you have all the different um things that you need even the resources and the the information that we share just in case um you know you get a placement and something happens you need to know that you can call someone and say hey tammy you know how do i fill out this split sheet correctly or how do i you know um get the songs registered of my copyright registered. Can you help us with that? You know? And so we, we just, you know, make sure that we're here 100% to support the music creative as they are very, 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 very underserved in this music community. Yeah. I think that's super dope. Cause a lot of, like a lot of admin, like publishers and things like that, like they won't take the time out to, you know, to sit down with you and, and educate you and, Absolutely you know, not they'll do everything for you and not necessarily break down what they're even doing. So by the time the deal is over, you, you're still, you still don't know what's going on. You still don't know what still to in do. The blind. Um, you're still in the blind. And my, my songwriters, usually they can call me directly. You know, I have a calendar. My assistant Deja is always here scheduling and putting them on a calendar to meet with me. Like we have real talks for one, because I can speak both languages. I was a creative. I still am a creative, but you know, I don't obviously write as much as I used to, but I can speak to them from a different side of it because I know what it's like on the creative side to create something out of nothing. I know what it's like the collaboration process, being in the studio, working and just, you know, really trying to feel people's vibe out and, you know, ask those uncomfortable questions and all that type of stuff. I know what that is like in addition to the business side, you know, and, um, you know, I, I really, think you know my business acumen of having corporate experience also helped me to really see what the need was and 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 build the infrastructure on how to actually operate and function as an entity that no one else is doing this is a business model that i literally had to kind of pull all of my my passion but at the same time pull all of my skill sets together to create for you know all music creators who are interested yeah that's awesome. Um, <clears throat> uh, what was it? Uh, Awazi, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly. We said, any advice for artists outside from Africa in terms of placements? Um, so I guess. Um, you know, it's really important to affiliate with someone in the U.S. Um, I know Africa has a huge movement right now with the Afrobeats, but a lot of those companies have affiliated here in the U.S. in order to, you know, get picked up on different playlists and, um, you know, get exposure. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the African um, artists, songwriters and producers have started making their way to Atlanta. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're moving to the States, you know, um, just to kind of be a little bit more closely connected. Yeah. However, however. The game still doesn't change. If you are in Africa, you need to be marketing and promoting your material. You need to be performing, you know, doing shows, um, you know, networking with the officials that are out there who are, you know, on the pulse of music and adding songs to whether it's radio or, 
you know, some type of programming that they have out there. And just as far as placements go, it takes relationships. You know, like I said, our company is not focused on that. That's not a part of our business model is to just shop, shop, shop songs. However, you can go online. You have social media at your dispense to be able to do research on music supervisors, uh, production studios, um, you know, music libraries that are cultivating all of these different sounds to be able to pitch to opportunities that come up. So I would strongly suggest if you're interested Maybe you want to, you know, purchase a consultation with me so I can kind of go over your material and really see, you know, and give you some pointers. But, um, you know, it, it really takes relationships, networking and building and also executing. And when when people are asking you for certain things, are you delivering? You know, that's also important as well. Super dope. And where, um, what, should, what website should they go to if they want to book a consultation? So if you want to book a consultation, um, you can go directly to my Instagram. Um, which is Tammy Latrell, T-A-M-I-L-A-T-R-E-L-L, and click the link in my bio, and it brings up all of my links. It brings up my consultation links. It brings brings up my bio. It brings up the information about the Mezzo Agency, which is our company. So it'll say about my company. You can click that and learn about who we are and all of our services. It says book a consultation. You can click on book a consultation, and um, we'll get you on the calendar. Super dope, and I put her, um, I put her Instagram handle in the description too, so you guys can um, can check that out. Uh, Big Shot Beat says, "What are some things we have to be aware of when getting our first major placement?" Um, you definitely want to make sure that you're registered with the PRO. <laughs> you have your IPI, and that you're able to give that information to, um, you know, the usually the attorney is who's handling your production agreement and going over all the paperwork for the track. But you want to make sure that, you know, you get a fee to be able to sell off. I hate the word, use the word sell because we use licenses. We don't sell. But when you're working with the major label and they're wanting to own the master recording, they're going to pay you a fee so that you can sell the track to them so that they can have ownership. But you want to make sure that you're getting your fee for the production as well as you want to make sure that you're getting you're publishing on the other side of the of the copyright. So you have two copyrights per song. One is the master recording and one is the publishing. You wanna make sure that you're getting your production fee on the master recording side. You wanna also make sure you're getting your points because you should get producer points. They typically range between two to 5%, just depends on you know how big you are. Um, and then you also wanna make sure that on the publishing side, you're getting your publishing chair for production and that can range easily from 25 to 50 percent just depending on what was negotiated um with everyone else yeah super good information um listen yo these major labels they will sit on your money like uh last last situation i had like literally like i had to like we had to hit them up and be like like albums out like let's let's get paid now you know what i mean like they will literally just sit there just won't say anything you have to have an aggressive attorney you know um and you know people who aren't afraid to you know start threatening some action you know and it's sad because it shouldn't really be that way but again there are no laws that are governing the record companies the record industry and how they handle certain things, how they handle music creatives. You know, like, think about it. If in a regular day, you actually had a song and someone heard your song and they put it out without giving you permission, I mean, without getting permission from you or paying you for it, but they're generating money off of it. If you compare that to something that is just like a regular day-to-day stuff, it could be an item in a store that's being actually stolen and resold (laughs) to make money off of it. That's that's breaking the law. That's illegal. That's illegal. So the same thing, like we don't have any laws that govern the music industry and how these labels handle business and how they do things. So they can get away with it over and over again. However, if if you're just doing your due diligence on a day-to-day and that happens, you're going to jail. You getting, you getting, you know, something is going to happen. You either getting sued, going to jail, getting arrested for committing such acts that are similar to theft, Mm -hmm. you know, copyright infringement. It's theft, you know? So, um, it's just, it's just really, really interesting how 
I've just seen so many things evolve that do not hold these labels. In some publishing companies, they don't hold, there, there's nothing out there to hold people accountable, hold these companies accountable. And it really should be, but that's why you have to have an attorney or you have to have someone that is going to advocate um, on your behalf to just protect you. Yeah. Um, Lexadon 10 says, do your clients have access to the royalty statements that you manage for them? Yes, um, we send out the royalty statements to them every quarter. Um, our new platform that we have will be a, a it's called a, a, a front end portal to where they can actually log in and see the royalties that are coming in. But usually once we download the reports, we actually send out their statements and we send out their reports and attach it to their email. So it has everything um, included and they can literally go line for line if they want, you know, to see where their money is coming from and how much was actually paid. So, yeah, we um, our new system will allow us to do that. The previous system that we had before all of our uh, data just got downloaded okay that's what's up that's what's up all right y'all uh that was dope listen i'm not gonna hold you all day we've been here for about an hour or so i appreciate you coming through um is there any any last words you want to, to let the people you know let the people in on or um or also you know tell them again where they can find you if you know if they miss that um sure get in touch with, with you or the, the absolutely members. so we are taking consultations every single day um you guys have you know all the rights and access. If you want a one-on-one -on -one consultation with me, um, depending on my schedule, you will or will not have to pay. It just depends on how, you know, if I'm able to slip, slide somebody in, in, a, in a slot. <laughs> but um, you can call our 1-800 number, 1-888-413-4828 uh, and schedule a consultation. Um, if uh, if that's something that you want to do, we do in person, but we also ask that you bring and wear your mask because of COVID. And I think COVID is like kind of creeping back up on us. So, yeah. um, but we also do um, video consultations as well. I have a team. If you're not meeting with me, you can also meet with another member of our team who also are music administrators and they understand the business. Um, but you can log on to our website at mezzoagency.com. That's M-E-Z-Z-O agency.com. And like I said, you can call us at 1-888-413-4828 to speak with the representative and get on the schedule um, to go over your account, go over you know anything that you have that is set up. If you don't have anything set up, we can do an assessment and set everything up for you. Um, and you know we're able to send a quote out to you and get started. Dope, dope, dope stuff. So hopefully this was helpful for you guys. Please smash the like button if it was. Make sure you guys follow Tammy Latrell. She's always dropping gems um, on the gram and on YouTube and stuff like that. Book that consultation and and, and get up on this uh, this publishing game. Tammy, again, thank you. I appreciate you for coming through. Um, thank have you. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll we'll definitely be in touch. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Clint, for having me. Bye, everyone. All right. See you. Thank you for listening to the Music Is My Business podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to do so now so you can know every time I drop a new episode. If you found the information helpful, please be sure to rate and review the podcast so we can get this dope info out to more music entrepreneurs like you. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you want to learn more about how to get your music placed in TV and film, visit ClintProductions.com today to download my free six-step guide to TV placements. These are the steps I took to land my first 10 TV placements in a little over a year. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.